But if we don't do that and we don't get a full deep cycle, then we're getting a little bit worse every day. The Building Biology Institute recommend at night a body voltage reading of no concern is 10 millivolts. Of slight concern is 10 to 100 millivolts. Anything above 1,000 millivolts is considered to be of extreme concern. I'm going to get really controversial here and probably piss off an awful lot of people in the grounding community. Grounding outside, becoming part of nature, very good. Grounding inside, becoming part of your household electrical system, not good. So when I ground inside, I am making my body part of the circuit and the 60 hertz electric field is now flowing through my body continuously. Not good. This is Decentralized Radio. I'm Tristan. And I'm Ryan. The goal of this podcast is to help educate you on how to live your most optimal life. We will host industry expert guests to shed light on topics that matter. We are not gurus, rather two individuals who have had to pave their own path to health and vitality, independent of the centralized systems that plague modern society. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Decentralized Radio. Today, we have Anthony Smith from EMF Safe on the line. How's it going, Anthony? Thanks for joining. It's going well. Thank you. Appreciate the invitation. Yeah, we have an exciting chat upcoming here. Ryan and I have been wanting to talk more in depth about EMFs for quite some time. So, yeah, this is going to be a good one. Ryan, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm actually really stoked for this one because I just I feel like I'm going to have so many of my own misconceptions just like righted in this episode. So I'm getting I'm, I'm ready to be told that I'm wrong and also not let the fear get to me from what I'm about to learn. But I think I think this will be a very good educational resource for our listeners because there's so much misconception about what's actually safe or like what is causing damage or like airplane mode this, like plug in headphone that. So I'll let you, Tristan, kind of get this headed on its way. Yeah, Anthony. So I guess before maybe we set the groundwork for what are EMFs and why are they bad for you? What is your background and and how did you get into this space? Because it's a pretty niche area. And yeah, uh, obviously EMF safe, you guys are building real solutions for this. Um, so I guess, how did you stumble upon wanting to be a part of EMF mitigation and EMF education? Yeah, okay. Um, well, I've been into health and nutrition most of my life. I studied uh, the nutritional side of things at, at college um, quite a few years ago. Um, been interested in health and nutrition ever since and various things. Got into um red light therapy a few years back and I was uh there was really no uh reasonably priced uh red red light therapy devices around so I started making my own um and sold them to friends and various people and then uh that led into the whole um EMF thing which is electromagnetic fields and a lot of people are familiar with um Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, microwave ovens, uh, smart meters, and that sort of thing. So the whole RF thing has really piqued everybody's attention, and rightfully so. It's it's definitely something we need to be uh, um, informed about and, and aware of. So in the process of um, uh, getting into EMFs, I uh, bought some meters, um, was very surprised at uh, what I was finding, the levels of EMF, and uh, started uh, going 
people's houses and, and helping them and, and mitigate and what have you. Um, once you know what's there, once you've measured, um, you know, then you are equipped to do something about it. But uh, most people are just guessing. I, I get calls all the time. Well, what if I do this? It's like, well, good chance it's going to help you a little bit. But, um, you know, we don't even know that that's a problem for you um, unless we first measure. So it's like, you know, going to a doctor. Uh, he's got a pretty good idea from his lifetime of experience what might be wrong with you. But he's still going to do some tests and just to confirm his his diagnosis before he uh, prescribes, you know, medication or any any kind of medical procedure. So we, we kind of need to do the same thing in our own homes. Um, so EMF, electromagnetic fields, that's the electric field. And that's the big one, actually, that most people aren't even aware of. It's an issue is the electric field coming out of six to eight feet, comes out of every wire. Uh, in the wall, floor, ceiling, and every ungrounded device that's plugged in. And as you know, most plugs these days don't have the ground. They just got the, the two pins. So they're ungrounded and they're putting out, whether they turned on or not, if they're plugged in, they're putting out a field six to eight feet in the room. And it's that 60 hertz AC electric field. It's the AC part of it that's actually doing the damage. There's lots of medical therapies that use um, DC current. Our bodies run on DC current, direct current. Um, and one of the tests that a doctor might do for you is, is a, a EKG or an EEG. They're measuring the natural energy, the natural electricity in your body, but that's all DC. Mother nature runs on DC current. Um, we've, we've uh, thank you, Nikola Tesla, invented AC voltage. And it's actually that 60 hertz, that cycle, that frequency, that is doing most of the harm and the damage and uh, interferes with the mitochondria in the, uh, not the, well, it interferes with the mitochondria, but it also interferes with the um, melatonin secretion with the pineal gland in the brain, uh, which affects our sleep. So um, that's a very quick synopsis. And I'm sure you guys um, have, have questions. So no, that, rather that, be just rabbiting on for half an hour, uh, I'll stop there and you can ask some questions. Well, I will say this before: don't don't put yourself down too fast. People are here to listen to you, so I could ramble on all day long and be wrong eighty percent of the time. But what I what I find really interesting is I kind of want to take a little bit of a history lesson back because I think it gives a little bit of context to sort of how we got to where we are. And I've done a lot of um, listening and quite a bit of reading and into some of this like AC versus DC current stuff with Nikola Tesla and obviously Edison and all this stuff with J.P. Morgan Chase people and like all these different companies and then obviously like GE and electric sort of putting in the grid and all this stuff and making everything AC adopted really quickly. But I, I would love to sort of get into a little bit of nitty gritty with the AC versus DC. Like I, a lot of people I think that are listening that are in our audience probably have heard those terms and have heard like we naturally run on DC electric current and stuff like that. I'd love to sort of dig into um, what is it particularly that's damaging about the AC current um, and that goes in frequency a little bit. And then also, I don't, this is, I know you're probably not like a history professor buff, but you probably know something about it. I kind of want to just for conversational sake, uh, say, dig into sort of like, like, why do we go AC versus DC? Like for everything? Cause I feel like if we would have gone DC, it would have, we would have, you know, not had so many of these problems. I think maybe we can sort of just like, it's sort of a fun discussion. I thought. 
Yeah, that, that is an interesting side of it. Um, so everything is vibration and frequency. And um, it, probably if people think about sound, the certain sounds that you hear that um, make you feel good, um, the harmonics, everything about it, uh, you know, some obviously excites you, some helps you relax. We have uh, meditation music for um, that brings down our vibration, our frequency. Our brains operate at different frequencies throughout the day during different activities. And part of the relaxation process, when people go into meditation, uh, they're trying to get the brainwave activity down closer to um, between 8 and 12 hertz which is cycles per second. So if you think of, of waves and frequency, you've, you've got the number of times a wave or a frequency goes on and off in, in a second. So the 60 hertz AC electric field, the electricity is actually being turned on and off 60 times a second. So that creates a vibration and a frequency, just like each note in music has a different vibration and frequency. And our brain waves have different vibrations and frequencies, depends upon how active we are, how if we're being thoughtful and creative, that has its own vibrational frequency. And when we sleep at night, to go to sleep, we have to get down to um, 8 to 12 hertz. The Schumann resonance, which is the natural vibra vibrational frequency of the planet, is 7.83 hertz. And the natural frequency of our brains at rest is 7.83 hertz. So that's kind of like a reset button that we, we need to get to, or it's advantageous for us to get to every night. Now, if you're laying in a 60 hertz field, your head when you're laying in bed is probably 12 inches from a wire running through the wall that has 60 hertz AC electric field in it, electric um, electricity in it. There may, may, there may be no current, may, nothing may be on, but that's putting out a field six to eight feet. So your whole body is awash in 60 hertz. Now, I don't know if any of you are musicians, but if the drummer is playing a different drum beat than the beat that the guitarist want or the singer is singing to, you've got an awful lot of confusion. So if your body, your brain is trying to get down from 18, 20, 30, 40, hurts during the day and we're trying to relax at night and get down to eight to 12 to Schumann residence. And then when you take that deep dive sleep at some point in the night where you no no dreaming, you just take a deep dive sleep, you're going down to four hertz. But if you're laying in a 60 hertz electric field, if you've got that drama doing 60 hertz and you're trying to get down to 12 hertz, eight hertz, four hertz, to get a good night's sleep so your body, your brain, and all the cells in your body can, can do the reset, heal, detox, fix all the things we broke during the day so that we can get up in the morning and break them again. Um, but if we don't do that and we don't get a full deep cycle, then we're getting a little bit worse every day. And over, over a period of time, days, weeks, months, years, um, that takes its toll. We, what we want to do is get a little bit better every day, not a little bit worse every day. Nobody died of smoking a cigarette. But 20 a day for 20 years, that'll do it to you. 
A tiny little bit of EMF probably is not going to hurt you. But a little bit every day that's negatively impacting your system, your system can put up with a certain amount, just like we can put up with a certain amount of microbes. So what do we do? I've never seen a microbe, never smelt one, never seen one. You can't hear them, but we've been told that they're there. You can see them under a microscope. But because we know they're there, we need to keep the amount of microbes that we're exposed to on a daily basis below a threshold. We wash our hands, we wipe down counters, we cook our food. We do that automatically without thinking about it. We need to learn to wash our hands of EMF to keep the amount of EMF that we're exposed to on a daily basis below a threshold so that our bodies can handle it. Because if we go above the threshold, uh, then, then we start getting sick. There's a negative impact to our overall health, the health of individual cells and the overall health. And that's where dis-ease comes in when our bodies, our cells are no longer at ease. Yeah, I think sleep in modern environment, the modern world we live in is, is more important than ever. There's more toxins that we're exposed to on a daily basis. So I think this is the important takeaway for folks is that if your sleep is disrupted, you're not going through these natural restoration cycles each night. You're not getting the sufficient melatonin production, which is a master antioxidant. It regulates mitochondrial function. You have dysfunctional mitochondria, leads to chronic disease. So it's not just the fact that it's only the EMFs, of course, it's just disrupting your natural restorative mechanism, which also can happen with a lot of things. And something I want to get into is, you know, we're talking about extremely low frequency ELF, uh, 60 hertz, and you're saying, obviously, this is interfering with natural biological frequencies, which are also in the ELF range. But the power grid has, you know, it's and tying into the history piece, you know, the power grid has been around for some time. So why are we now only seeing like chronic disease spikes really accelerate in the past 30 to 50 years? Was there, you know, any initial data or history in fighting the power grid or, or trying to fight back from, you know, the health perspective and kind of where do we go from here in terms of improving the, uh, you know, or mitigating the effects of the ELF, EMFs from electrical power? Yeah, well, I think people have been affected far more than they realize. When the um, telegraph was first introduced back in the day, um, the operators were all getting sick and all the symptoms that they were experiencing were very similar to uh, EHS, which stands for Electromagnetic Hypersensitivity Syndrome. Interestingly enough, Nikola Tessa, if you look at the physical symptoms that he was experiencing later in life, he was suffering from EHS. So Tesla himself, with all of the EMF that he had been exposed to throughout his life, uh, that took a physical toll on his body, just like Marie Curie, uh, exposed to all the radiation. They didn't realize back in the day. And, and she died of radiation poisoning. Well, Tesla probably, I mean, he's pretty old, but nonetheless, um, you know, you could argue that he actually died of EHS, electromagnetic hypersensitivity, you know, electromagnetic poisoning to his body. Um, so we know that, uh, you know, when radio was first introduced, um, people were getting sick and the symptoms were very similar. And then, of course, we had, you know, the electric field, the electric grid, 
the reason they used AC, not DC, is because DC doesn't cannot be communicated, uh, transported along wires. It deteriorates very quickly. So the AC field allowed them to um, transport the electric field over much, much longer periods of distances. That is not so much the case today. They can actually, they figured out a way that uh, high-powered DC can actually be transported. And even if they stuck with an AC grid, what really would be ideal, and I suspect it probably not in the too distant future, what we'll go to is we'll have a, uh, AC coming to the house or coming to a uh, you know a number of houses and the um, uh, box in the street will convert the AC to DC and then each house will run on DC and that would solve the problem um, and uh, you know more and more people are looking into integrating DC systems into uh, into their homes for that for that very reason because it's not the electricity in and of itself it is specifically the 60 Hertz. And then the dirty electricity are harmonics of the 60 hertz that ride on top of the 60 hertz. So, um, and those frequencies tend to be things that, although it's a tiny, tiny percentage of the overall EMF that people are exposed to on a daily basis, those frequencies seem to be frequencies that certain people are very, very uh, sensitive to. But taking, getting rid of getting a DE filter, a whole house DE filter, and getting rid of the DE you're still left with a 60 hertz AC field, which is actually doing more harm. Uh, if you turn off the AC uh, at night, the AC electric current at night, um, because we're 10 times more sensitive at night, uh, which is because we're trying to heal and detox, you're probably removing, reducing your daily EMF exposure by about 70%, 7-0. So there's a very simple fix to this. Uh, you can reduce your daily EMF exposure. That's another reason why back in the day, after the initial exposure, people got sick and then our bodies got used to them. But like cigarettes, it's cumulative. So you were probably exposed to 10 to 100 times more the amount of EMF that I was exposed to when I was growing up. And my parents were exposed to 10 to 100 times less. My grandparents were exposed to 10 to 100 times less than them. So this is very much a, a cumulative thing. In addition to all of the, uh, you know, our nutrition is deteriorating. Uh, back in the day, people had organic food. They, most people grew their own fo- food. Now we've got so many uh, GMOs and preservatives. Um, our overall health and nutrition, plus blue light toxicity, which is another EMF. Uh, blue light during the day is fine, no problem. I mean, you know, the big ball up in the sky kicks out more EMF than than anything man or any of our inventions could possibly hope to. But our bodies were, were designed to function optimally uh, in very, very high EMF fields, natural EMF fields from the sun, blue light during the day. But what happens to the blue light in the afternoon we watch the sunset. It goes from um, orange to yellow to red. Uh, and after sunset, there's, um, there's no blue light. There's no light. Um, and uh, there's no EMF. So our, one of the signals to our body is, A, the color spectrum frequency changing in the late afternoon and evening. Then, of course, you know, you'd light the fire. you got infrared. Uh, so 
that's what we'd have historically in after sunset, uh, which is which is very healing as well. Stimulates the mitochondria, um, re- reboots. It's like um, uh, you know having your battery terminals all gunked up. You take them off, you clean them up, you pour coke over it, it all fizzes, and you know you clean up your battery terminals. Uh, red light um, near near infrared is what that does to the mitochondria, and so our cells operate functionally. We get that forty percent of sunlight hitting us is is infrared. Our windows filter out the infrared. Our car windows filter out infrared. The office windows, your home windows, filter out the UV and the infrared. So by living indoors, we are living under an alien sun. And our bodies are not designed to live under those frequencies. They're designed to live under the big ball during the day. And they're designed to live in darkness, no EMFs at night. So we are messing with the natural order of things with our modern lifestyle. We've got away with it for quite a few years, but now it's taking a toll because of the level that we've brought it to and our bodies just can't handle it anymore. Hey friend, thanks for listening. If you really enjoy this podcast, it would be really appreciated if you left us a five-star review on Spotify, Apple, or subscribe to our content on YouTube. This helps us get to a larger reach and a larger audience to spread this wonderful free education. Yeah, I... Wow. A lot of great stuff there. It's like uh, everything, of course, that Ryan and I preach. So this is fantastic. I want to parse it out for people because you just mentioned a lot of great things. So first, you know, there was early signs of EHS and I forget what they even, they, it was even called something else before they even used to uh, sure. uh, understand. And it was like, people thought everyone was crazy, but there are many documented uh, cases of like you're saying these these workers or people who live right next to you know these EMF high EMF areas they that, called that it the sick. Spanish flu yeah <laughs> I think it was called like neuroestina or something like that as well right um, <laughs> but yeah the Spanish There's a direct flu. correlation to uh, global pandemics and outbreaks and symptoms with every new vibration or frequency that's been released. That's very uh, interesting. You know, telegraphs, radio, electric fields, television, um, cell mm. phones. Every time there's a new frequency released into the general public, there historically you can it's documented. Yeah, that there there is a medical outbreak as our bodies adapt to how. Okay, what am I going to do with this? What do I do with this? And um, it's been called a lot of different things over the years, but there's a there's a direct relationship between um, vibrations and frequencies that we're exposed to, EMFs, man-made, non-native EMFs, and uh, you know how bodies react to to that. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think in the Invisible Rainbow, he writes yeah. uh, a lot about that, which is is a cool. If if no one's ever got into EMFs or wanted to learn more, I think that's the best overview for like all the history uh, of, you know, electrical technology, Absolutely. as well as the societal health effects from that from Furstenberg, I think his name is. I think my cup but, is down here somewhere. I'm not sure. Where yeah, yeah. My <laughs> cup. I actually have it right here. Oh, wow. There we go. It's a great there book. you go. Um, 
So my question, and you just brought up a good point, and there's a lot of things I want to table for for other questions like dirty electricity and getting to importance of turning things off, not just powering them down. Um, but first, something you just mentioned is adapting. You know, our bodies have this ability to adapt, or at least that's what we call it, right? But really, is is that something you think that we can actually adapt to, or it's more so we're just living with uh, it, we're just living in a less optimal state and l- kind of alluding to what you're saying is the more of this toxic threshold we have, the higher prevalence of, of chronic disease at an earlier age we're going to see. Yeah. Um, there's a lot contributing to that. I was listening to somebody just recently and when they were at medical school, um, the guy who founded the medical school was, was, you know, old and still teaching. And they had a case of, I think it was lung cancer came in. And they, the guy who founded the medical school called all the students and said, you all need to be here and pay attention because this will probably be the last case. This could be the only case of lung cancer you ever see. It was that rare back then that this doctor at the end of his medical career had seen maybe one other case before this case. And he told his students, you may never see another one, so pay attention. Think how common, how prevalent that is today. And that is just an indication of dozens, if not hundreds of diseases that used to be very rare. When they did occur, they only occurred in older people that are now becoming more and more common, not only in old people, but more and more common in younger and younger people. There are many, many things that contribute to that. I'm not saying it's just EMF, but there's a, there's lots of indications that um, people's EMF exposure, if it doesn't cause it, it is definitely exacerbating those conditions, making them worse. And we have seen miraculous turnarounds with people who have turned off the electricity at night and all of a sudden their symptoms subside, go away. And instead of getting, as I said earlier, a little bit worse every day, they start getting a little bit better. So um, again, in different people, it is the cause. In other people's, it's a contributing factor. Um, it's a, it's, it's the elephant in the room, and when we deal with that, it's amazing how many other things seem to get taken care of at the same time. So, well, I mean, I, I've always looked at it as, as sort of like, I mean, people, a lot of people use this analogy of sort of like a bucket of toxins that your body takes on every single day. And once the bucket starts to overflow, you can only empty it so fast. Yeah. And I, and I look at EMF as one of those things, non of EMF as, as being one of those things that's always being added to the bucket, generally speaking, if you're a normal human being living in a modern environment. And it's something that is oftentimes never being emptied out on a daily basis, just due to modern living. And so for me, one of the best, I think, examples that everyone will make fun of me for in my family and my friends uh, knowingly is there's a show called Better Call Saul, which for people that don't know is sort of the breakaway from uh, Breaking Bad 
which was a very popular show about meth and all this like crazy drug stuff. But in Better Call Saul, the main character's brother has EMF sensitivity. And in the show, it's played off as a complete joke. Like this guy is crazy. Like there's like all this stuff. But when I saw that, it was only about a year or so ago that I started watching the show, even though it's been out for like several years. I was like, this is like a calling card to stuff that goes on that everybody's dealing with, maybe not to that degree. And one of the questions I had just brought up from that from that show was, I mean, there's so many factors, so we can never like label it down to one. But why is it that some people seem to exacerbate extreme sensitivity to non-native EMF versus, for instance, there's so many factors, but for instance, I think I have a much higher sensitivity than my brother who is subjected to way more EMF than I am. He sure. lives in the bedroom where the Wi-Fi is on constantly and sleeps right next to it. And so, of course, there's many factors, but I, I love to see, I mean, you've worked with so many, seen so many things. What would you say like contributes to these uh, certain hypersensitivities over others? Yeah, good question. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're all affected by different things in different ways. I love peanuts. I can sit here and eat, eat a packet of peanuts and and have no negative side effects whatsoever. Uh, there's other people who are so allergic to peanuts. I mean, if they're in the same room as one, just just the vapor of the peanuts in the room causes them to 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 have a, have a reaction. So, but also there's, there's that side of things. But also your body mass, the amount of um, uh, metals in your body, which obviously are going to react to the, the electromagnetic fields that you're exposed to. But everybody's body mass is different. We have different shape and size antennas to pick up different frequencies. So your body is going to pick up different frequencies than my body to begin with. And then, um, then you've got the whole sensitivity issue like you do with, with, with food allergies. Some people have seem to be allergic to everything and other people, I'm, I'm not aware of being allergic to anything at all uh, when it comes to food. So all of these things play in. So we're all uniquely unique and um, the body acts as an antenna. We are, as babies, 70% water. I'm told that as we grow up and get older, you know, older people might be 60 or 50% water so that that's a factor but as as everybody knows water is very very conductive um our dna there's lots of people that think our, our dna is in and of itself uh tiny tiny antennas that are designed to pick up certain frequencies from 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 the environment in which we grew up in so again different parts of our body uh different cells uh react to different frequencies so as we um get you know not, not just the natural frequencies which obviously we would die without i know there's certain frequencies from you know that we can be exposed to that are natural that are detrimental but um man made frequencies as we get up into the millimeter waves they're affecting us in ways that uh you know people Two or three years ago, five years ago, ten years ago, fifteen years—they they were never exposed to those frequencies, and they and they have and there's consequences to to that. Um, I'm I'm sure 
there's lots of people who don't like don't like microwave ovens. They won't even have one in the house, or if they do, they hardly ever use it. If they do use it occasionally, they'll walk away from it, wait for it to finish, and then they come back to it. Do you know what frequency a microwave oven uses? Not a specific number. 2.4 gigahertz. This is the same as Wi-Fi and your phone. Wi-Fi, if you look at your Wi-Fi router, if you go to your phone and you're picking up your Wi-Fi, you've got a choice between 2.4 gigahertz or 5 gigahertz. So your Wi-Fi router, people say, oh, no, I wouldn't have a microwave oven in my house. Do you have a Wi-Fi router? Oh, yeah. yeah. Where is it? On my bedside table, on my desk, four feet from me. Mm-hmm. Sitting next to a microwave oven that's on 24-7 unless you turn it off. Now, you, you can heat a cup of coffee in two or three minutes. But your microwave oven on your desk, your Wi-Fi router, is on for hours and hours and hours, and you're only a few feet from it. Do you know what frequency Bluetooth is? Same thing. 2.4 gigahertz. And people have buds in their ears that are yeah. communicating with each other. There's no bone here. And this one is talking to this one through your head. What's right slap bang in the middle between these two points? The pineal oh, gland. Right. Oh, yeah. It's true. Yeah. I mean, it's wild. Yeah. It's, it's ironic, really. I guess, <laughs> I guess people just maybe got the microwave bug early because it's been around for a while and they just can't do without their modern conveniences. But this kind of gets into a lot of the important nuance, maybe. You're mentioning frequencies, you're mentioning distance, you're mentioning power intensity. Um, so, all very important, yes. All very important. And and on your site too, and, and you're talking about RF, and then we also talked about ELF. So on your site, and you have this really nice image as well, it's saying you think that most of the damage is coming from the electric field or the ELF range because of the duration and the proximity uh, in our homes, but maybe you could talk a little bit about what you think is, is really important for people to be aware of, and then how do they mitigate that, right? Like, why is distance so important? Why is power important? And how do they kind of mitigate it? What are yeah. some easy ways? Okay, yeah. Well, let's start with the one that probably everybody is aware of, which is the, the uh, cell phone signal, microwaves. So whether it's your microwave oven, whether it's your Wi-Fi router, your cell phone, your smart meter, your Bluetooth headsets, your Bluetooth mouse, your Bluetooth keyboard that's there all the time. Um, So when I talk on the phone, uh, my phone is receiving a signal from the, the nearest cell phone tower. Now, I'm not worried about the cell phone tower that's half a mile away talking to my phone. Even if I'm talking with my, if I've got my phone here, it is broadcasting a signal 360 degrees through my head, and the cell phone tower might be over there. I'm not worried about the cell phone tower talking to my cell phone. I'm worried about the cell phone tap, the cell phone in my hand that's broadcasting a signal that's powerful enough to reach that cell phone tower half a mile away. But the difference between this and this is huge. 
Distance is your friend. Um, so that's cell phones. So how, how do you deal with that? Well, you, you never do this. You don't keep it on your body. If you read the instructions, it says this should never, ever come in contact with your body. You need to keep it away from you at all times. Uh, preferably don't hold it, put it on the table in front of you and, and talk on speakerphone. That's one thing you can do. Definitely put it on um, airplane mode at night. Uh, do not, um, actually, I'd, I'd turn it off at night, turn it back on in the morning. Never, ever, ever use it while it's plugged in and charging. Um, I've got a, a photograph on the website somewhere that um, I'm not getting any electric field from this. I might be getting Bluetooth. I might be getting Wi-Fi. Um, but I'm not getting any electric field from this because it's running on battery. It's DC. If I plug it in and charge it, if I'm sitting at 800 millivolts right now, simply because of everything else around me, if I plug in my phone, my body voltage is going to go up to 10,000 millivolts. When I'm using my iPad, which I'm talking on now, it's not going to give any electric field whatsoever. Obviously, there's a, there's a Wi-Fi signal, um, a cell, cell signal, but there's no electric field. If I plug in my iPad and charge it and touch the iPad, my body voltage would go, if, I, if I'm sitting here and I plug it in, my body voltage would go from 800 up to 2,500 millivolts. If I touch the iPad to use it, which is how you use an iPad, it's how you use a laptop, 40,000 millivolts because it's plugged in to an ungrounded cord. How do I avoid EMFs? Never use it charging. Don't use the iPad while it's charging. Um, and again, people are worried about Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, but they completely ignore the electromagnetic field. And the reason 60 hertz is so bad for us is because it's so close to the vibration and the frequency, and it harmonizes with the natural frequencies of the body in a very negative way. And it's just like sound. If you play a discord, a note that's not, in harmony with the other notes, it's like, Ugh. well, what are electromagnetic frequencies doing that are not in harmony with our body's electromagnetic frequency? They're, they're causing a disharmony, dis-ease, which manifests as disease. It's all in the words. Right, it's so well. It's so fascinating because I feel like so much, and this kind of goes for uh, sometimes the health space as a whole. But so much of it's like just smack in your face once you realize it. Like it's all there. The warnings are all there. Sometimes like there's actually even in even on your iPhone. Like if you actually dig in deep enough, there's like a whole thing talking about not putting it next to your head. Like all of these things, they're out there. Like they say it. It's just kind of hidden in plain sight, which is really interesting as well. And like I, it, it's very fascinating to me from a psychological perspective how uh, how brazen people are to doing things like turning off the Wi-Fi at night or not putting their phone on airplane mode or turning it off at night when they're not using it. They're like, no, no, I'm not going to do that. And it's really, it's it's just so fascinating. For, I mean, I, I've gone through a whole journey, so I've come out on the other sure. side. But it's just, it's just very interesting because even if you can't convince them of of something, it's like for some reason it it's attacking them 
in some way to like turn off the Wi-Fi night when you're not using it. And so it's, it's yeah. like a, but yeah, it, I mean, yeah. So it's hard to convince some people. I mean, you know, you can tell people that, uh, you know, ha- having a, a piece of pizza once a week or a, ha- a, ha- a hot dog or a hamburger occasionally, your body can handle it, but you can't live on that food. It's not nutritious. And there's so many preservatives and chemicals, um, you know, it, it's, it's a lousy diet, but that's not to say having a hot dog, you know, occasionally or a hamburger or a piece of pizza. I mean, your body can handle it. And, and it's, it's, if we can maximize the good stuff most of the time and minimize the negative stuff as much as we have control over, I have no control over the cell towers in my neighborhood. Um, you know, you may or may not have control over whether you have a smart meter on the side of your house or not. It depends where you live. But you have absolute 100% control of the EMF in your home. And in-home originating EMF is by far the majority of the EMF that everybody is exposed to. So in addition to the RF, which we just talked about, you've got magnetic fields. So anytime you've got a spinning motor, hairdryer, electric fan, uh, your refrigerator when it kicks on, the microwave. There's, you know, the, anytime you've got a spinning motor, you've got a magnetic field that's being thrown out. I used to have a thing here that I could spin, and it would light up a um, Gauss meter, spin the magnet, and it would. And then I hold the Gauss meter here, and I, I run this up and down my back, and the Gauss meter goes off. So that magnetic field is going straight through my body, um, and that's what magnetic fields do. That's why EMF is. Um, important because it does go through our bodies. And I use that to, to describe, I wish I had it here now, but um, I, I don't know where it is, sorry. <laughs> um, so there's magnetic fields. You also get magnetic fields from uh, wiring errors in your home and from, um, if you've got uh, Romex, the white wire, the plastic wire that everybody's familiar with, you've got the power going one way and the neutral, the power coming back the other way. Well, the, there is a magnetic field there, but the one going this way is neutralized by the one coming this way. So they cancel each other out. So when you've got power lines running through your town and your city, there is, there is no neutral up there, or the power and the neutral are separated. So you're getting a massive magnetic field off of power lines. And there's a direct correlation. Nobody even refutes it anymore between magnetic fields and childhood leukemia. There's, mm. Nobody even argues about it anymore. Yeah. Um, now, in addition to that, the big one, which nobody, most people aren't even aware of, the elephant in the room, as I call it, is the, is the electric field. And now we're down into the, you know, ELF, which is the extra low frequencies, and that's because our bodies run on those frequencies. And so there's a direct um, relationship between those fields affecting, uh, you know, what our body's trying to do. It's a miracle that we're still alive. It, it's just a... Um, a miracle of design. I can argue who designed it, but um, nonetheless, uh, it's a miracle that we are so resilient. But what we consider to be normal, and you mentioned this a little bit earlier ago, um, what we consider to be normal is just what we're used to. That doesn't mean it's optimal. What could optimal look like? And as you know, these deteriorations of our health happen gradually. And so we just feel the way that we feel and think that's normal. It was just part of growing old. It's just part of old age. It doesn't have to be. 
It's just yeah. what we've accepted. And that, I think that I think that's part of the message of just like messaging that to people that like what's common isn't necessarily normal. And I think if you look at history, like we sort of mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, what was common wasn't even common not that long ago. And so right. it behooves yeah, us to sort of like look at history. Short period of time, um, you know, and, and our body just hasn't had a chance to to adapt. Yeah. So uh, we, we were sort of talking about earlier, just like uh, just before that a little bit about all the things that are going on in our house all the time, plugging things in. I sort of want to get into the importance of measuring. How can we measure? How can we check our outlets for groundedness and all that stuff? There's obviously devices we can use, but what's the, what's the, why is it important to measure those things and sort of how can we do that? Well, because you just, you just don't know unless you measure, you know, you can't see or hear. Uh, some people can feel EMF. I have a friend who is so sensitive that if I've got my cell phone on, uh, he doesn't know I've even got one on my, in my back pocket. Um, but he says, your cell phone's in your back pocket and it's on and I can feel it. Please turn it off if you want to talk to me. Uh, you know, he can't get within 10 feet without it affecting him. So when we can see it and, you know, some place you go outside, why do people get out in, in the redwoods and to the beach and go, go out in the boonies and, you know, the dead zone? Um and feel so good because there's, there's no EMF. You can measure it with something like this is an E-pen. So my, my iPad's not plugged in, so it's not going off. But this is. So as I move into the field, the pen goes off. So now I can see it and hear it. So this alerts me to the fact that there is an electric field around. Now. Then I can measure it with um, with a body voltage kit, and what what I do is I plug in a ground cord that goes in here. All all electricity, all electric fields follow the path of least resistance. So when I plug this end into the ground outlet of the house, having tested to make sure it's safe with, with a circuit tester because um, I don't want to plug into a ground that's got power on it because of a wiring error. So I want to make sure I'm safe. So I do that. Now, the field that my body is acting as an antenna for is going to follow the path of least resistance to ground. So when I give it a path of least resistance to ground through the meter, I can measure the strength of the field. That's, that's how this works. So, um, and I don't have it plugged in. So, um, the Building Biology Institute recommend at night a body voltage reading of, 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 of no concern is 10 millivolts. Of slight concern is 10 to 100 millivolts. Anything above 1,000 millivolts is, is considered to be of uh, extreme concern. Most people's bedrooms, you take a body voltage meter, lay in your bed, 2,000, 3,000 millivolts. I've measured two bedrooms recently that were 6,000 and 7,000 millivolts. Flip off the breakers, goes from 3,000 millivolts down to below 100. Makes a huge, huge difference. 
Are you interested in 100% grass-fed, grass-finished bison meat? I'm excited to be a partner with Falls Family Ranches. Based in Wyoming, Falls Family Ranches is raising high-quality bison meat the way nature intended. As a native large ruminant of North America, bison is one of the most nutrient-dense foods you can consume. If you're interested in trying out their bison boxes, use code TRISTAN, T-R-I-S-T-A-N, 10, for 10% off your first order. Yeah, so I just want to get into that a little bit because I'm not as familiar with the body voltage kit. Um, And my question is, you know, if you're just standing like on the earth, you're going to have some difference in potential. And that's actually, you know, more could be argued as a good thing because it's coming from the earth. But here we're saying that the higher the voltage is, is worse. And, you know, you're saying like a cell phone, iPad can get you up to like 10, 20, 40 volts, which I'm assuming you're just inheriting that from the battery of that device, really, that drop in potential. But maybe you could talk about that more. I'm just curious because I haven't used the body voltage kit yet. I want to get one from from the guys at uh, Dr. EMF, but I've been waiting. (laughs) Okay. Um, well, they get them from me, so yeah, I know, I know they get them from you, so I, um, I should just get one off the site. Well, yeah, use their code and get get a you know ten percent discount because they're they're affiliates of ours. So yeah, anything on battery you don't need to worry about. It's the AC voltage, so that's the difference between my iPad. It's not plugged in, not even getting a mm. field as I showed showed you here. It didn't even you know go off. Uh, but when I get next to this AC field, the fan next to me. Uh, is not turned on, but it's putting out a field because it's plugged in. Um, so, uh, what? Sorry, what was the what was the question? Just like that, that a higher voltage is is worse. And I was just saying, you know, I've done some multimeter readings, like connecting, just standing on the earth, like standing on the ground. Okay, you see like a higher yeah. difference in potential, but that's so, so now, you know, different yeah, now circumstance. you're getting grounding, which which is I'm I'm, I'm going to get really controversial here and probably piss off an awful lot of people in the grounding community. First of all, let me start by saying, grounding is amazing. The purpose of grounding, earthing, outside in nature is to reconnect with nature. Our body runs on DC voltage. Mother Earth is DC voltage. When we go outside in nature, bare feet on the ground, our bodies are synchronizing with the natural frequencies of the Earth. Negative ions are coming up. Any positive charges that we have because our bodies don't only act as an antenna, they also act as a capacitor. A capacitor is something that stores energy. So we actually store the energy that we're exposed to throughout the day. So when we ground, the capacitor is being dissipated. That that positive ions, which are bad for you, go down into the ground, and the negative ions from the ground, negative ions are good for you, reverse of positive and negative terminology as we normally use it. And so you you are coming back into homeostasis. You're coming back into balance when you ground outside. So the principle of grounding is it makes you part of the circuit. So when you ground indoors with a grounding cord, I am making myself part of the circuit. But I'm sitting in a 60 hertz electric field. 
So think of a bird sitting on a high-powered line. They're all lined up, 25,000 volts going through that line. They don't care because they're not grounded. Little squirrel comes along. He's standing on something, and he puts his paw on the high-powered line. We now have cooked squirrel because the squirrel was grounded because that voltage now was flowing through his body, which isn't designed to take 25,000 volts, and we have a cooked squirrel. So when I ground inside, I am making my body part of the circuit, and the 60 hertz electric field is now flowing through my body continuously. Not good. Grounding outside, becoming part of nature, very good. Grounding inside, becoming part of your household electrical system that's 60 hertz, not good. And a lot of people start grounding. Works for some people probably because they're, even though it's not good, it's an improvement to the situation they were previously in, so they see an improvement. But a lot of people start grounding inside, plugging, plugging into the household ground, or even throwing a wire out the window. That long 50-foot copper cord is now an antenna that's picking up radio frequencies that you are now physically exposed to. So these are all things that are out there that people don't don't realize. And um, it's, it's what are you connected to and the way that you're connected to it, how how much of an impact it's having having on your body and on your system. And quite simply, the pineal gland in the middle of your head, the third eye, right, right here, is um, the reason it's called the third eye is because is because it's uh, made up of rods and cones, just like the back of your eye is. But it also happens to be very, very sensitive to EMF. So one of the signals for the pineal gland, which is responsible for manufacturing and releasing the melatonin. One of the signals it gets every day is when the big ball goes bye-bye, the sun sets, no more EMF, release the melatonin. That takes a couple of hours. But for people who are have replaced the natural EMF with the non-native EMF from their laptops, their computers, their phones, their toasters, their coffee pots, their electric blanket that they're laying underneath, those are horrendous. Um, um, the pineal gland doesn't, you know, it still thinks it's daytime. So it's not that it doesn't release any melatonin, but it doesn't release enough. So you don't get a good night, restful, restorative sleep. So there's actual biology uh, behind this, the melatonin hypothesis, uh, plus, of course, the light frequencies, which, which we touched on. But if you turn off those circuits at night when you don't need them anyway, uh, your body has a chance to heal and detox. It's super fascinating because that's something I've always wondered about, like the grounding inside versus outside. And me and Tristan kind of go back and forth on this a lot. And we sort of had the same mindset of like grounding inside seems a little bit sketchy to me. And so that that's sort of like just to recap that section a little bit is like Well, if you turn like, off if you turn off the AC field, then you can do it. Then then you can ground inside. But but you know, yeah. um but with an AC field uh, you are making a connection between that AC field and the ground. And now that AC is flowing through your body, through your foot, the grounding pad on your bed or the grounding sheets or the grounding pillowcase. That AC field is now flowing through your body all night long. 
So if you live in an apartment building, kids, don't ground inside. Don't don't plug in anything. It's not going to work. <laughs> well, un- unless you are, your condition is so horrible to begin with, it, it might actually, in your case, be somewhat that benefit. G- give you an advantage. But um, yeah, I would say rule of thumb, and this is very controversial. There's lots of people who disagree with me on this, but um, because there's lots of people making lots of money selling grounding pads and grounding devices. Um, grounding outside, if you can watch the sun rise and the sun set every day, look at the sun, 10, 15 minutes, bare feet on the ground, probably one of totally free, doesn't cost you a dime, get at least 10 feet away from the house so that there's no electric field from your house, make sure there's no ground wires or overhead wires, probably one of the most beneficial things you can do for your health. Yeah. And, and that's fantastic overview because it's just, you can't cheat nature. It just doesn't work like that. Nature cannot be outsmarted. You might get a benefit. Like you're saying, there's like a, there's, there's like a good and then there's a best or there's like an okay. So yeah, if someone's really sick, they might still benefit from getting free electrons, even if it's at a 60 Hertz frequency. So that's where there's nuance in all these topics. And I think people need to value the connection, the real connection with nature, but another controversial topic is, and something you've already talked about a little bit is, is dirty electricity in general. And I think a lot of people in the EMF space kind of highlight this as like the end all be all for some reason. And for me, I really love your website because it talks about, you know, dirty electricity, like electrical engineers don't even use this term. You know, they talk about power quality and EMI. I, I am an electrical engineer and that's 100% true. <laughs> and I've done a lot of work in, in EMI and power quality, although I'm not the most technical role anymore. But to me, it never made sense why everyone was talking about dirty electricity, why everyone was talking about like filtering these things. And I looked into some of these filters and we were talking, Anthony, the other week, how they're extremely expensive and you need to spend like eight to $800 to like $1,000 to get all the filters in your house and then you're only handling that dirty electricity piece, not any anything else really. So I guess maybe talk about that a little bit. How important really is dirty electricity? And maybe then we can get into the EMF safe uh, solution and why that's, you think, the best way to you know mitigate electric fields and overall EMF exposure. Sure. Um, yeah, well, dirty electricity... Um What's called dirty electricity is is a, it's a power quality issue. Um, our switch mode power supplies, which is the, uh, the the phone plug that you use to to recharge your phone, is converting the 120 60 hertz AC down into five volts or 12 volts DC, depending upon your appliance. Maybe 18 volts for a an iPad or a laptop. Um, so in the conversion process, converting the AC to DC, that inversion creates dirty electricity which are which are harmonics and artifacts of the 60 hertz that are are on on the um part of the power now um not that you get clean electricity these days coming in from the power company uh when you share a transformer with with two three four five six ten other houses in your your neighbors in a cul-de-sac um all the dirty electricity that they are creating going into the power supply is coming into your home. 
So if you're neighbors, you may not have solar panels or a pool pump, but if your next door neighbors do, um, that's creating dirty electricity. Those harmonics are riding in on the electricity coming into your house, plus all the dirty electricity that's being created by switch mode power supplies, variable speed motors in pool pumps, well pumps, um, uh, um, mini split heaters. All of those things create dirty electricity. Oh, um, dimmer switches where you're, you know, adjusting the power levels. All of that creates dirty electricity. Now, those frequencies, some people are particularly sensitive to, admittedly. But as far as the percentage of the amount of EMF that you are exposed to on a daily basis, it's probably two or three, maybe in a really bad case, 5% of the 60 hertz AC field is the power coming, riding on the wires in your house, coming into your devices. It's a tiny percentage. And you can spend, I don't know where you can buy a whole house filter for 800 bucks other than from us, um, because our comp- that's our heavy duty one. Our, uh, the competition out there, they sell them for uh, $1,200, $1,300 for their light duty one and $1,600 for the heavy duty one. And that's filtering out maybe 80 85% of the DE in the home, but it leaves the 60 hertz there. And the 60 hertz is doing more harm to your body than the than the um, dirty electricity was in the first place. But again, people make a lot of money by selling these devices. Um, you know, we sell ours for half the price of theirs. Um, independent tests show that ours works just as well, if not better than theirs does. And we sell it for half the price. I mean, we can do that because it's part of the uh, cutoff switch, but um, there's lots of people making lots of money selling these devices, um, and the idea that you can uh, filter out the DE and you've solved your EMF problem is um, doing people a great disservice. The only way to deal with EMF is to remove the source, and in your home, it's a simple as turning off the circuit. You just turn off the circuit, kill the circuit at the panel. There's no electric field. There's no magnetic field. There's no dirty electricity. And there's no radio frequency on that circuit. You know, use flat screen TV, um, anything else that might be causing, um, you know, sort of smart device. If you kill the circuit, you've killed the DE. You've killed the electric field, the magnetic field, and the radio frequency. You have 100% control over that. So why not just flip the breakers? Well, there's photographs on our website. Fortunately, it's very rare. But by flipping the breakers on and off all the time, that is a mechanical device that's designed to uh, trip if there's a power surge from outside to protect your home and all of the devices in your home, or if there's a short circuit in the home, somebody drops a hairdryer in the bathtub or whatever it happens to be. Um, that switch is designed to flip and cut off the power. By flipping it on and off, you can weaken the mechanical parts inside the switch because they're not actually switch rated. And so when you need it to operate as a safety feature, it doesn't do that. So it can be very dangerous to flip the breakers every day over a long period of time. You know, for a week or two, it's not that big a deal. So that's why we make the EMF safe switch. It's a... um, Relay that go relays that go next to your breaker box. We wire that circuit through the relay. 
just like you push a button to unlock your car door, sends out a pulse, unlocks the car, hit the button, it locks the car. Um, you hit a button by the side of your bed, kills all the circuits. You sleep like a baby, like you're camping in the redwoods. Um, hit the button in the morning. The lights come back on. The circuits come back on. You live your life. It's that simple. It's so simple. It's so easy. Um, so convenient. That's the solution to in-home EMF. Now, as far as your home office is concerned, you want to physically move things as physically as far away from you as possible. If you can turn off the circuit to that room, even better. Run a shielded power cord in to plug your, your you know, your um, computer in. Uh, if you have a laptop, just charge it up away from you at night. Um, run it on battery during the day. Then you have no electric field to worry about. Uh, keep the Wi-Fi and the Bluetooth turned off. Uh, maybe connect for two or three minutes. Um, you know, once an hour, get your emails, send out your emails, receive your uh, texts and things like that. And if you have to be online and, and, you know, okay, fine. I mean, that's just keep it to an absolute minimum. If you don't need to actually be live online like we are now, um, uh, you know, turn it off. And so, again, you can buy a few simple, straightforward trips tricks um your printer doesn't need to be plugged in just unplug it the paper shredder doesn't need to be down by your feet plugged in 24 7 when you use it for five minutes once a week unplug the thing put it on the other side of the room these are very simple things we talk about them on the website if you go to the office page we talk about how to do all of these things we've got a page on grounding um again explains all of this and how it works uh, livemfsafe.com I'm, I'm sure you probably put put the website address up on the screen from time to time but um i don't get to see that so uh um yeah it, it's not difficult if you know it's there you can identify the field uh you can measure it it's you're now equipped you can make an informed decision and it's easy to mitigate and it's easy to sell if what you did worked or not um it's, it's not difficult. It's very easy. And it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. Yeah, I think that's fantastic because, I mean, elimination of the source is, is really like the ultimate way. Um, you know, distance is your friend. You know, we can talk about shielding maybe in a bit. But yeah. if you eliminate the power source, and I think it's important to, again, reiterate, turning things off versus cutting the full power is a big difference because an electric field is volts per meter. So even if you have no current, so it's plugged into the outlet, but it's off, you still have voltage and you still have an electric field. So you need to actually power it off. So I think that's the big, you know, takeaway there, but just getting on the EMF safe solution. How does someone go about ordering this? Cause you know, I, I looked on your site and, and you got a few different options and you, I'm assuming you want to work with your electrician if you don't have any electrical experience, kind of right. what's the way people go about doing this just to give people kind of a, a quick walkthrough because it is a little bit technical, I will say. Well, yeah, I mean, you get a body voltage meter. So you can you lay in your bed, uh, you take a reading. Uh, it helps to do this with somebody else. They turn off the breakers to the house. So now you've got a reading in your house with 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 nothing on. So that's your baseline. So turn everything back on again. Turn off the breaker to the room, and this will go from 3,000 down to 1,000 maybe. 
Um, maybe the lights went out when you turned off the plugs. Maybe they didn't. If they didn't go out, find the breaker for the lights. If you're if your head of your bed is up against an inside wall, and the room next door didn't go out when you flipped the breaker, then you've got a now another wire running through that wall for that room next door. So you need to turn off that breaker. So you keep turning off the breakers. Maybe it's one. Occasionally we get lucky and it's just one circuit. Uh, more often than not, it's two, three, four. Sometimes it's eight or twelve. You turn off those. You get a, and then you order the EMF safe switch, uh, PQ one. Um, sorry, a NP one, which is a neutral and power disconnect. Uh, turns off one circuit. NP two turns off two circuits. NP four turns off four circuits. Pretty straightforward. Um, so you want to find out how many circuits you need to turn off in your home by measuring. Identify those circuits, and then you order an EMF safe switch. We can throw up a photograph, maybe, um, of that that goes next to your breaker panel. You run those circuits through the the relays, and then you have a remote control. You hit the button, kills the circuits. Uh, you've now got instead of 2,000, 3,000, 7,000 millivolts in your bedroom, which you used to have, you've now got hopefully below 100 millivolts, maybe down to 50 or 30 or uh, you know 10 if you can get there. Um, and so now you're sleeping in an EMF-mitigated sleep sanctuary environment, and your body can uh, uh, heal and detox. Your immune system can do what it was designed to do because it doesn't have all the interference getting in the way. So now it can take all of that energy it was having to fight, fight the fields. When the fields go away, it can use that energy to fight the disease, to fight the, to fix the, and heal the wound or what, whatever it is, to detoxify your, your brain and your lungs and your liver and your kidneys and, and clean this thing up um, because it's now got the energy and the resources to do it. It's pretty simple. Yeah. That's great. I mean, they're just, like I said at the very beginning, there's just so much misconception, I think, about what actually works. And you see all these, maybe we can sort of talk about the, the difference between what we're talking about here and the idea of like, I think a lot of these remediation products that you slap on everything and they sort of, like, for instance, like the little sticker things you see for the phones, they just like, you, it's funny too, because sometimes you reach out to the people selling them and I have, and they'll send you the data. And even on the data, which is the data they collected, but it will show like the signal block and then just come back after. So you're like getting this little spike buffer for one millisecond and then it, and then it comes back. So forgive, forgive me a minute. I have to um, plug in my iPad. So. <laughs> oh, you're totally good. Unacceptable. I'm, unacceptable. Unacceptable. <laughs> really? I'll probably have to do that soon enough for my laptop because it's, the nature so, um, of batteries. Yeah. So uh, about the stickers. Um, so you put a sticker on your phone, and um, the question is, does your phone still work? Yes. <laughs> so the electric field, the EMF coming from the tower, and the EMF that's being broadcast by your phone. It's still there. Mm -hmm. If you have very expensive scientific equipment, if you have an oscilloscope, you can measure the, the fields in your home, in your wiring, in your electricity. They can measure the field in the atmosphere. 
the radio frequency coming in from the cell towers. You bring in one of those devices and absolutely nothing changes. The strength of the signal doesn't change. The nature of the signal, the quality of the wave, the sine wave, nothing changes. There is no scientific equipment that can show that those things do anything whatsoever. Now, people claim that they're, uh, you know, the blood before and the blood afterwards, which is kind of ironic because most of those tests are being done. Uh, A, A, the cell phone was in front of them when they took the blood the first time. Um, you know, is, is it the EMF in the home? Is it the EMF from the computer? I mean, what's going on there? Now, having so, and people buy these other machines, these boxes that um, have no power in them whatsoever. Yeah. We call them the crystal chandelier crowd uh, or, or a copper coil that is somehow magically going to neutralize the effect or harmonize the negative effect of the EMF uh, that you are being exposed to. Um, do the lights still work? Does your toaster still work? Does your TV still work? Does your cell phone still work? You still have EMF. And the EMF is exactly the same as it was before. So if you had a powered device putting out some kind of Tesla field, um, is it possible that that's communicating with your body on a cellular level because that is a natural frequency? So your body doesn't react as adversely to the man-made EMF because it's recognizing this, like, I don't know what that stuff is. Danger, Will Robinson, panic, panic, panic. And then all of a sudden you introduce this natural vibration, this natural frequency, and the body goes, I know what that is. So I'm going with that. So our body doesn't react quite as adversely to the man-made EMF as it did before. With a powered device, that is within the realms of possibility. But with an unpowered device, it is physically, scientifically impossible for a sticker on your phone. Yes, I have one. Um, to make any difference. But for 10 bucks, just because I have this on my phone doesn't mean I have the phone next to my head. It doesn't. It means I, I minimize it and mitigate it as as much as I physically can. I still, you know, don't have my iPad plugged in except when I absolutely have to. Um, for 10 bucks, if when I'm out and about, it helps something, okay, fine. I think, I think that's an important point. Oh, a yeah. A thousand bucks? A $5,000 pendant? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's going to miraculously, yeah. that has no power in it whatsoever. It's just a crystal. It's going to miraculously protect my body on a cellular level. There was an experiment done with rodents in a lab. Both groups were exposed to electromagnetic fields. One of them had a some kind of funky device, a neutralizer, a harmonizer. Those mice, rodents, whatever they were, Ran around, happy, weren't concerned, fine. The ones that didn't have the device that were exposed to the same frequencies were all shielded in the corner as physically as far away from the device as possible. On the surface, that would say, see, 
the harmonizer was neutralizing the field and the, the, the mice were, were happy and they were safe. There's only one problem. The mice with the device that were running around happy lived half as long as the mice that tried to get away from it. They didn't have the neutralizer. They didn't have the harmonizer. They stayed as physically far away from it as they possibly could and lived twice as long. So even if these devices are doing something in the short term, are they negating the medium and long-term effects of cellular damage on our bodies? The indication is they're not. Yeah, I mean, from a simple, like, common sense standpoint for me, how I think about it is we talked about ELFs, 60 hertz from the electrical grid. We talked about 2.4 gigahertz from Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, RF frequencies. You could throw in radio communication in the megahertz range, in the kilohertz range, switch mode power supplies, things like that. How is one device going to harmonize the entire EMR band? And then what is it doing to the beneficial frequencies then? What is it doing to sunlight? You know, there's so many questions that it just is not possible. It's, it's If someone came out and said, this device only harmonizes 2.4 gigahertz, I'd be like, okay, maybe. You know, if, if there's some filtering, if it is powered, like you're saying, but there's no way it can filter the whole EMR band. It just, now, to me. The, but, but scientifically, it's physically impossible. You, you, you have to yeah, yeah. Um, do something to that frequency, to that signal at the source um, to, to change it. But the oscilloscope shows that the, 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 freq- that the, the power and the frequency, you've still got 60 hertz. Now, if it's, the, if it's the frequency of 60 hertz that's doing the harm and the damage, you still got the electricity running through the wires in your house, the AC electric field that you're exposed to. is still You still got that 60 hertz vibration, that 60 hertz frequency doing whatever it's doing. Just because you've got another frequency in the background of some frequency that's, you know, it's not negating the effect of the 60 Hertz. The 60 Hertz is still there. Yeah. So I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very concerned for these people that are spending all of this money on these devices thinking that they are, you know, now there's a placebo effect and, uh, but thinking that they've been, you know, spent the money invested in these, you know, hundred dollar, five hundred dollar, thousand dollar stickers and devices. Um, but you know, the, the irony is, they say, well, it puts out a quantum field. But, well, this device only works within 10 feet, but this device works within 50 feet, and this device works within 100 feet. The nature of a quantum field is not affected by distance. So if there's one quantum device in the middle of my city, one person's got one in the middle of the city, why doesn't that affect everybody in the city? Because quantum fields are not affected by distance. Yeah, I think I'd like whoever's <laughs> selling that to explain uh, QED to us, and then we can maybe believe them a little bit more <laughs> because that's a bit it's a bit complex. But I'm curious as well. Maybe wrapping up here is you know we talked obviously EMF safe is focused on electric field ELFs, but really. This has been around, you know, for a while and it is encouraging if more people are potentially in the future going to go to like a DC home, have an ACDC um, conversion at 
the line. But really, most of the progress in the past two decades, most of the technology that's being invented, being more pervasive in our society is of the RF range. And 5G has pushed that frequency higher. And 6, 6G is going to push that even higher into, you know, we're getting into like the, the infrared band of fr- frequencies now, which is, it's crazy um, in terms of what that means. Are you concerned about this? Because now with 5G, there's more receivers like in shorter periods of distance. There's more towers everywhere. To me, I'm concerned because it's just the accumulation effect, right? Like Mm -hmm. there's just more towers everywhere. It's higher frequency, which is debatable whether how much that has an impact, but can penetrate deeper technically. At least I know that. And we're just going to continue moving forward or moving up the band what are well, your that, thoughts that's there? The, that's the irony. First of all, 5G is not 5 gigahertz. It's, it's fifth generation yeah, technology. Yeah, yeah. And fourth generation technology. Um, so T-Mobile, fifth generation cellular network system, uses 600 megahertz which is a lower frequency than LTE uses. So 4G LTE is at a higher frequency than some of the 5G. So 5G isn't a frequency. It is a technology. Now, AT&T are using 3 to 4 gigahertz. Um, There's some other companies. Verizon, um, in some city centers, in some football stadiums, um, they're using 20 gigahertz. The The legislation, sorry, just the legislation allows them to currently go up to like 30 or 60, right? I think, but obviously they don't. Actually, 100. I think, I think, yeah, they can go up to, uh, you know, maybe 300 gigahertz. But the difference, think about the difference between, um, the 2.4 gigahertz and the 5 gigahertz on your Wi-Fi router. Now, I lived in a building um, a few years back, and we had concrete walls. I could use the 5 gigahertz in the room that the Wi-Fi router was and get twice the speed, twice the download, great connection. But if I went into the next room, the 5G signal wouldn't go through that concrete wall. But I could go two rooms away through two concrete walls, and I could still get the 2.4 gigahertz. So it was half the speed, but it had much greater penetration than the 5 gigahertz signal. Now, we're talking about 8 gigahertz, 10 gigahertz, 20 gigahertz, 60 gigahertz, 100 gigahertz. Massive increase in speed. But those signals do not travel the distance, which is why they're having to move the towers every few hundred yards, line of sight, and why they're cutting down all the trees, because a tree will stop a 20 gigahertz signal. A 20 gigahertz signal won't penetrate the walls of your house. It won't go through your clothes. It can't go through a leaf. 
Yeah. So I had this epiphany the other day because I was researching about RF signals on NASA's website or something and actually didn't realize this is another reason why ELFs are so bad is that when ELFs are created, they pretty much are never destroyed. They never dissipate in the atmosphere. So the higher frequency signals, and I think the cutoff is in the very high frequency range. So we're talking the maybe tens of megahertz actually can escape the ionosphere and go into space and fully dissipate. So then I was like, oh, well, then maybe as we trend higher and kind of in line with what you're saying now, this is actually a good thing. Uh, potentially, but then at the same time, they're having to install way more receivers and and the like. So, yeah, it's kind of crazy. I d- I didn't realize that until I think two weeks ago when I researched. Yeah, and it. also the five G signal. Um, it it's you know four G is is like shotgun. Mm-hmm. Now, when when you're you receive the signal, if you've got a five G device, there's a five G handshake. And so the 5G tower says, oh, you've got a 5G receiver, transmitter. I'm going to start sending you information over the 5G instead of the 4G that it probably used to make the connection in the first place. Then it can focus that beam at your device and increase the power to your device and using pulse, pulse width modulation. So it's actually not a constant stream, but it's now, now firing high powered bullets of information at your device, packets of information. And, and that's how they do it. Now, the penetration of those is, is far greater than the general signal. But if you don't have a 5G device, you don't have to worry about a 5G signal in, in your home, even if you've got a cell tower outside, because a, it's never going to send the 5G signal into your home unless you've got a 5G device. And um, there's, there's a really good chance it wouldn't get through the walls even if it wanted to. So, um, again, there's, a, there's a, an unbelievable amount of misinformation about 5G. Um, being outside, close to a 5G tower, yeah, I'd avoid it as much as you possibly could. Um but because um, there's, there's, it, it's not penetrating your skin, but the pores on your skin, because it is a millimeter wave, uh, can re- act as receivers and then pull that into your, into your body. But it's not actually penetrating going through you like a 4G signal. Say, I, I, I can use my phone and the cell tower can be over there and it, the signal's going through my head. Mm-hmm. If, if I've got a 5G tower over there, I have to use I have to be here and if if I'm talking outside and I do this I just lost the 5G signal cuz it can't get through my head so it goes back to 4G So I think an easy thing for people to do is if you're in your home well first off you you don't have to turn on 5G you can keep LTE on or you can just have your phone I pretty much never, if I'm at home, I never have my phone on. I have my phone on airplane mode with Wi-Fi or whatever if I need it. So that's, to me, an easy solution is you could switch to 5G off and then you can also just use the Wi-Fi and be on airplane mode. Right. Yeah, minimize your exposure. If if you're outside and you want to down... So the question is, 
are you better off having 4G and making a 10-minute or a 20-minute connection to download a movie or some packet of information that you want from the from the web? 4G, 20-minute connection, or a 5G, 30-second connection? Maybe 5G is better if you do the download and then turn it off. Because you've only mm-hmm. got 30 second to a minute exposure rather than 10 to 20 minutes exposure of 4G. So that's what I've wondered for a long time was the, the differences in like the exposure length and stuff like that. That makes a lot of sense. Because that's because so at again, the end of the day, a lot, more, a lot more work needs to be done on this. Uh, of course, nobody's financially motivated to do it. But now that there is a 5G uh meter out there just came on the market in the last few weeks or months uh that measures 20 gigahertz up to i think it's 20 to 40 gigahertz and then there's another meter that measures from eight up to ten i've got one here um this this one measures up to eight eight gigahertz um and then there's other meters they're pretty pricey the the one i was talking about was a thousand dollars for um 20 to uh, 40 or 50 gigahertz, I think, is the range of that one. So, yeah, it can get pretty pricey. But as I said, the um, unless you're in some downtown area, the odds of you having those very high band uh, 5G fifth generation signals of 20 gigahertz, 30 gigahertz, 40 gigahertz is remote. You're not going to have that in rural areas. I've seen AT&T network is, is three three to four gigahertz, um, which is lower than the wi- you know, your Wi-Fi signals, 5.8, 5.4, whatever, 5 point something gigahertz. Um, and that's sitting on your desk. Yep. Um, and people are worried about 5G coming in from the outside, which is a lower frequency, and they've got this thing four feet away from them. Yeah, I mean, that's why I've really liked this conversation, because it kind of goes back to one of the last questions we were going to ask was, was, what do you think is lacking in EMF education? I think that's a really big point of of this whole podcast is like controlling the environment that you're surrounded most of the time. Because yeah. what's, most lacking of the conversation, in, what's lacking in EMF education is yeah. education. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. And it's, 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 it goes back to like, you you don't know what you don't know. And what you know you can do better on or ignore. You know, you have the two choices. But uh, it's, it's, it's a very interesting, interesting path. I think what was most interesting to me was, was that last point you were making about uh, 5G signals, LTE signals, and stuff like that, because most of the conversations I have with friends and peers surrounds that sort of issue. And I feel like we don't pay attention enough to our environment, just that's 10 feet away from us. Um, cause that's just yeah. impacting you so much more intensely, so much more consistently. Um, and we need to plant more trees. I must surround this whole house with trees, block all that 5g. Yeah. We're straining at gnats and swallowing camels. As far as shielding goes, uh, th- this is called Reflectex. It's like, um, a bubble wrap. You can buy it. They use it for insulation. Uh, you can buy it from Lowe's or Home Depot. So it's got metallic mylar on both sides. So you've got two sheets of mylar that are separated. Um, I put this between me and my microwave oven or my Wi-Fi router. I don't have one now, but when I had one, um, cuts 90% of the, 
of the signal. Wow. So if you've got a Wi-Fi on in your house and you're sitting at your desk. What's that called again? Between you and it. And, you know, imagine that the Wi-Fi router is a light and you want to be in the shadow. Um, that works. Uh, metal mesh, mosquito netting for the windows. They still sell the metal stuff. Um, at Home Depot, Lowe's, your local hardware store. They use it for metal, for screen doors on doors so that the dog doesn't scratch through the plastic. Again, no different than the uh, Tesla screen on the front of your microwave oven. That Sears doesn't, it's not 100%, but it's will significantly reduce the radio frequency. If you live in an apartment and you put this underneath your bed or on your head because your next door neighbor, you share a wall and you know their Wi-Fi router might be 12 inches from your head. So you put this up, but then this is metallic. So it's going to, in, in, in reducing the radio frequency, it's going to attract the electric field. Yeah. So you don't ground yourself, you ground this. So the electric field that it's attracting follows the path of least resistance through the ground cord so that, um, you know, I, I can have my iPad plugged in now and, you know, I couldn't get, I couldn't get within two inches of the iPad without it going off. Wow. That's, that's three and a half feet away. Incredible. Unplug the iPad. Actually, the cord's down there, but. So what was that material called again? So um, this is just mosquito netting you can buy from yeah. the hardware store. Yeah. And th this is called Reflectex. Um, again, it's an insulation product. Um, people put it over their windows to keep the sun out and things like that. Um, now, this is different from the stuff you buy for most of the stuff you buy for cars that they put on the dashboard to protect it. Most of that stuff's plastic and it, it doesn't stop anything. So you need to get the metallic, the mylar metallic stuff that actually reduces the signal. So I uh, apologize, my computer just died on 20%. But so this is a Faraday cage, right? So and I was con always concerned whether it needed to be grounded, which I think you answered that yep. question, it should be. And whether if there's holes in the Faraday cage, that lowers the ability of it to block the signal. And from my research, it, it is yes, but that doesn't mean it's still not effective. It'll just be less effective. Is that, is that correct? Right. But you only need a tiny hole that is going to let in. It's like, you know, if you, if you do use a blackout blind um, and, and you've got a tiny little hole or tear in it, think of the amount of light that comes in through yeah. the little hole. Because they're all photons at the end of the day, right? So with a Faraday room, for people who, for some people, that, that's a solution that they go to, you have to coat 100% walls, floor, ceiling, windows, doors. And that has to be grounded to, to remove the electric field. And you cannot have any electrical device on inside that room. If you bring a phone in, it won't work. But that phone is going to go from low power, which it probably operates on most of the time, increase the signal strength a 10 to 100 times because it is now 
trying to phone home. It's looking for a signal. So you take a cell phone into a Faraday room and don't turn it off. It's like bringing a light into a mirrored room. This is now powered up to the absolute maximum looking for a signal. And all of those waves are bouncing around inside that room. So if you have a Faraday room, you cannot have any electrical device plugged in inside the room whatsoever. Yeah, and then you're blocking Schumann's resonance and, and what have you. So that, that makes sense. But that mesh then you had had holes in it, right? But it's still blocking uh, some. Yeah, well, this, this is this is the metal mesh is is uh, it's like the, the the screen door on your microwave oven that stops yeah. because of the wavelength. This will stop that wavelength. So the you know, short wave, uh, yeah, the shorter wavelength because it's oscillating far, so far it's, more. It's like if you got two two layers. Then, 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 like you've got two layers of mylar, so so much the better. But it has all to do with uh, the, frequency the frequency of the waves, that, that, that how big or small the holes need to be. And yeah, and a solid metal, uh, putting up a, a screen between you and your micro, your Wi-Fi, uh, if you have to have it on, uh, it's better to be, uh, you know, uh, Ethernet, if you possibly can, turn off Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, if you really want to do it right. And close, last question. Not that this is an EMF blocking shirt, but um, my concern now that how what I know is the same thing. You, you know, you have these large holes or gaps, and then potentially you're not ground. The shirt's not grounded, so you're just dissipating the charge to the end of the fabric, and then it's just going to hit your body in a different place. Well, if you're outside, there's no 60 hertz to worry about because you're you know if you're 10 yes. feet away. So wearing these clothes inside the house is to protect you from the RF. So for a woman that's pregnant to have a, a, a belly belt around her to protect the baby, yeah, great, wonderful idea. Um, but it doesn't stop the signal from coming down or up if your neighbor downstairs has a Wi-Fi router and you're sitting there, it's still coming up through you. Um, so you need to have something on the floor underneath you to stop the Wi-Fi from coming up from downstairs. Um, but yeah, so if you've got a, 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 a Wi-Fi hoodie, you know, it's still coming in and then it's hitting my reflective Wi-Fi shield and bouncing it back. So have I reduced the Wi-Fi signal, or have, you just I, redirected. have I increased it? If it's coming from this direction, I may be getting twice or three times the signal. Yeah. It's stopping it from coming from behind. But if the signal's coming this way, I've probably made the situation two or three times worse. Yeah, to me, and that's what I was thinking of. You know, I, the only time I would wear things like that is like in an airplane or an airport, and yeah, maybe you're reflecting it and it's hitting other people. But it's uh, yeah, the Faraday cages I think have they're complex, and the angle of incidence is important. That's what you know, measuring with a a tri field EMF meter. It's all about the angle of incidence, and yeah, I think it's more complex than people realize. These all tools all have their place, but it's something we need to critically think about and be honest about more, I think. And, and unless you measure, you don't know. So measure before, measure afterwards. We know a number of people 
who had the resources to put in a Faraday room and having done so, got sicker and then had to pay to have it taken out because it actually made their situation far worse. So, you know, five, ten thousand dollars to do a Faraday room. So if there's other people in the house, your Faraday wall is now increasing their RF because it's like holding up a mirror to a light is reflecting it back. So it's complicated. Yeah, what I took away from the Faraday room. Yeah, test don't guess, I guess, is the sort of the saying. But I I, I guess like I'll I'll worry about the Faraday room when I live by myself and don't have to worry about other people. It's just the fundamental. (laughs) I think we need to get back to the fundamentals of frequency, wavelength, photons, and what they actually mean. Like, yeah, shorter wavelengths. Um, so we're going to have less penetration, right? But the longer, the low frequencies, the, we're going to have way more. So I, I think there's just a lack of scientific knowledge in, and dishonesty by some companies. Yeah. Cause yeah. you look at, uh, if you got a, you know, a few years ago, 4g phone, get in an elevator, a metal box inside a concrete tube inside a building phone still works. Yeah, true. <laughs> true. Well, Anthony, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. And like my mind is, as well, a lot of stuff has been sort of reaffirmed and then other stuff has been a little bit blown in a good way. So I appreciate you coming on. Uh, where can people find you? Go to your website. We'll have all of that stuff, of course, in the description in the show notes. But just to give yourself a quick shout out here, where can people follow and uh, find you guys? Yeah, uh, the website is liveemfsafe.com. Live, L-I-V-E. EMF safe, S A F for Frank E, liveemfsafe.com. There's lots of information on there um, about all the subjects we've talked about, uh, videos. I did a um, experts interview series. I, I interviewed um, some of the top uh, building biologists and EMF consultants in the country. Um, they, um, uh, one guy had been in business for like 30 years, one for 10 years, one for 15 or, uh, sorry, 20 years. So um, uh, there's an interview with a doctor there, a uh, naturopathic doctor. Um, some very, very good information. Um, great resource if you want to know what's actually going on and hear from the experts. Um, and they all say, number one, if you can, turn it off. That doesn't mean turn off the coffee pot or the toaster or the TV. If your TV is plugged in, it's still broadcasting Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. Um, you need to unplug the devices. And if you can, kill the circuit. And when you kill the circuit, you have solved the problem. If you can't kill the circuit, unplug what you can. Distance is your friend. Uh, shield what you can't get away from. Those are the principles. Turn off what you can, get away from what you can't, and shield what you can't get away from. Love it. I love the fundamentals, and I think this will be a great uh, sort of introductory resource to EMF and production. So thank you, Anthony, and thank you for everyone joining us for another episode of Decentralized Radio. We'll catch you in the next one.